Numbers 11. The people were complaining in the ears of Yahweh. When Yahweh heard it, his anger burned, and Yahweh's fire burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. The people cried to Moses, and Moses prayed to Yahweh, and the fire abated. The name of the place was called Taborah, because Yahweh's fire burned among them. The mixed multitude that was among them lusted exceedingly, and the children of Israel also wept again, and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, but now we have lost our appetite. There was nothing at all except this manna to look at. The manna was like coriander seed, and it looked like bdellium. The people went around and gathered it, and ground it in mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes out of it. Its taste was like the taste of fresh oil. When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, every man at the door of his tent. And Yahweh's anger burned greatly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to Yahweh, Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why haven't I found favour in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I brought them out, that you should tell me, carry them in your bosom? As a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers, where could I get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. If you treat me this way, please kill me right now. If I have found favour in your sight, then don't let me see my wretchedness. Yahweh said to Moses, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, that they may stand there with you. I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit which is on you and will put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you don't bear it yourself alone. Say to these people, Sanctify yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, and you will eat meat. For you have wept in the ears of Yahweh, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore Yahweh will give you meat, and you will eat. You will not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils, and it is loathsome to you. Because you have rejected Yahweh who is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 men on foot, and you have said, I will give them meat, that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? Yahweh said to Moses, Has Yahweh's hand grown short? Now you will see whether my word will happen or not. Moses went out and told the people Yahweh's words, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around the tent. Yahweh came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did so no more. But two men remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were of those who were written, but had not gone out to the tent, 
and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his chosen men answered, My Lord, Moses, forbid them. Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all Yahweh's people were prophets, that Yahweh would put his spirit on them. Moses went into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. A wind from Yahweh went out and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the earth. The people rose up all that day and all of that night and all of the next day and gathered the quails. He who gathered least gathered ten homers and they spread them all out for themselves around the camp. While the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, Yahweh's anger burned against the people, and Yahweh struck the people with a very great plague. The name of that place was Kibroth Hattavah, because there they buried the people who lusted. From Kibroth Hattavah, the people tra travelled to Haziroth, and they stayed at Haziroth. The coming chapters, this one and the one, several to follow, are going to contain a lot of complaining. <laughs> Um, it, it's by all sorts of people. It's here, it's by the, the, all the Israelites in general. In the next chapter, it's by Moses' own family. Later on, it's going to be by leaders of the tribes of Israel. There's a lot of people complaining here. And God is fed up, fed up with it. Basically, they've, they've been out in the desert for a year. And because they haven't had melons and leeks and onions and garlics and some, some of those things that were in Egypt, they're now, they've now revised history in their minds and they now think Egypt is better than what they thought it was when they were there. They were slaves. They were treated terribly. They had no rights. And now they're wanting that back again. But what's happened is they revised it all in their minds because, and they're basically complaining about the position they're in now. So God is, of course, fed up with it because he knows how much he's done for them. So this is like us in many ways. What happens is we have some little problems in our lives and we blow them up to think that they're gigantic problems and we look back at times when we, when we did actually have big problems and for some reason they seem better than they were. <laughs> so it's just what humans do. But I want to make the point that there are many ways to ask for things. So um, imagine you're a... You know, you're a a parent, and you've got children in, at, your, at a school, and you think the school isn't doing things properly. And um, let's say that one of your children is being bullied, right? So, you know, there's a few different ways you could go about addressing the problem. You could storm into the principal's office, and you could say something like, this school is terrible. It's got a bullying problem. And if you don't fix it, I'm going to pull my kids out. So that's grumbling, complaining, threatening, or you could go into the principal's office, you can make an appointment, and you could say, my son is really struggling in this school. Um, you know, he's being picked on by some other students and, and I'm not sure what to do about it and I'd like to ask for your help. So you see in the second request, you, there was no blaming, there was no grumbling, there was no complaining. They've still stated that there's a problem, but they're asking for help. And the children of Israel could have done that. <laughs> they could have said to the Lord, um, we haven't had anything to eat except manna for a whole year. 
Lord, would you give us something different to eat? So in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus has given himself for us, died on the cross, and we've been delivered out of slavery. And then this scripture in Romans tells us that if we need anything else, we just need to ask. And this is what the children of Israel should have done. They were delivered out of slavery in Egypt, but then after that, they started grumbling and complaining about everything. And that's not what we should do as Christians. Instead, we need to get on our knees and we need to go to prayer. We need to tell the Lord what our struggles are, not complaining, but asking, saying, Lord, I need help. And then the Lord will answer his promise that he's given to us in Romans chapter 8. At the end of this chapter, there's a, a part where Moses wasn't able to handle the leadership problems properly and his authority was delegated to 70 other people. Two of them weren't able to be there for that delegation and the Holy Spirit fell on them in their own tents. And Moses's comment on that was, I wish that all of God's people could receive the Holy Spirit. Well, this is the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, all of God's people can receive the Holy Spirit. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that. And so if you're not living a life that's victorious and with the help of the Holy Spirit, then that is something you should be asking God for. So a minute ago, I told you that the Lord had promised that not only would he, would he give you his son, but he would give you anything else you ask. And now I'm telling you, you can ask for the Holy Spirit who will help you to be a Christian. Heavenly Father, I ask for your grace to be upon everyone listening to my voice today. I ask your power to come upon them and help them to be people who walk with you, who know your voice and who are filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.